Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Pitch Talk. We are fans of football dropping vlogs, blogs, videos and podcasts on the beautiful game. Check out our videos on YouTube and Instagram's IGTV, including special feature segments, vlogs such as 5 Minutes with the G, The Straight Shooting View, Coaching with JBK, Audio on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podomatic, Spotify, Mixcloud and other podcast platforms. Join the Pitch Talk revolution on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook and our official website www.pitch-talk.com The pitch is where we eat The pitch is where we sleep And the pitch is where we talk Welcome to The Straight Shooting View Hey everybody, Straight Shooting LJ here and welcome to another special episode of The Straight Shooting View and I'm going to be reviewing once again the four-part Premier League documentary series called Fever Pitch, The Rise of the Premier League on the BBC. You can see me in another classic shirt. So let's get to reviewing episode two of Fever Pitch, The Rise of the Premier League. Now, for me, it was an interesting opening to episode two because they opened with the Cantona incident. And I guess you have to put the sensationalist stuff up front. Just to hook people in, to be honest. But you know what? Moving topics. Jack Walker in 92 to 94 was definitely a precursor, as mentioned in the last episode, to what we've seen in the last 20 years. Smashing transfer records in back-to-back seasons. Sounds familiar, don't it? Chelsea, Man City. At the time, £26 million spent on a squad was actually a massive amount of money. And it did spark bidding wars and overpaying for players that still goes on today. I mean, I had a shiver down my spine and a smile on my face when Eric Cantona took that penalty against Blackburn and I saw the advertising hoardings with Sonic and Knuckles. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, this is such a throwback. And I'm wearing my throwback England v. Holland shirt. But you know what? The growing audience definitely made a difference to the league in terms of money. But politicians, I think, could have actually slowed this process down but all they were was lip service. David Mellor, Tony Blair, etc. I mean, the media really started their parasitic flexes at this time with guys like Graham Lasseau saying he was gay and criticizing him for reading The Guardian. What's bad about being well read? <laughs> Only idiots criticize that. Which, looking back on it now, is somewhat funny, but not much has really changed. And with social media, it's actually gotten a lot worse. But, um,. You know what? The Paul Merson part with his cocaine abuse and his alcohol addiction, it was an intriguing sidebar and it did start to shine a light on footballers being human and being fallible, which to me, it actually helps people connect to celebrities. And as we've seen in recent years with social media, but coming back to on the pitch, it looked like Blackburn actually got shafted twice against Man United. The questionable penalty in the October game, then the reverse fixture at Old Trafford with a disallowed goal. VAR may have overturned them these days. Maybe, maybe. But to other fans, it would make it seem like the scales were tipped in United's favour. But the Canton R sidebar about the media circus, like Merson, was interesting as the media just wanted their story. They wanted their pound of flesh. And sadly, the bigger the star you become, the more of a target you become. 
You got it on your back and you got that target on your chest. Now, you can't justify what Cannon R did with the Kung Fu kick, but you can certainly understand it. With the alleged xenophobic abuse that nobody should have to put up with. I mean, saying something, saying something like someone, put someone saying offensive about your mother as well. And that's just not something you can, you can overly chastise someone for reacting to. I mean, footballers are human beings as well, which has come into laser sharp focus recently with abuse on social media, especially during Euro 2021. I mean, question time being set in Liverpool immediately after. They knew that they'd get that the question that they ran with they get those answers. And of course, the son being the scumbag source they are, they obviously ran with it. Having multiple pages, whipping up a frenzy, and Pete Boyle, the Man United superfan, hit the nail on the head, saying it was a tabloid's dream, the Kung Fu kick. Because the British media are xenophobic, and they do love to drag people down. And sadly, they still do it now in 2021. And it's still basically unchecked. So, Cameron are being... Suspended by Man United first and then later the FA, it made sense. They both really kind of had to do it because they couldn't be seen to advocate it. So both entities had no real choice, especially with the public perception and the public baying for blood because of the media frenzy. Man United sacking him, though, if they'd gone that way, it kind of would have been like Luis Suarez after the Everett incident when people were saying Liverpool should have sacked um, Luis Suarez. And I said at that time, if you sack a player of that quality, you'll see teams lining around the block to take them on. Just look at the just look at the Chad Evans issue as an example. Convicted rapist allowed back into the game. And there was all the controversy at Sheffield United. But it's the fact that he was allowed back into the game. But that's another story for another day. And that's another story in and of itself, as we discussed on Pitch Talk Live back when it happened, I think, in 2016. But Les Ferdinand and the segment from the London programme, um, Leagues Apart, as a man of colour, hit me more than any segment. And it really frustrated me to no end to see the striking parallels between then in the mid-90s and now. And Les Ferdinand talking about the fact that the same battle is still being waged on racism now in 2021 that there was in 1995 and to an extent 1985. The fact that people still think that in the modern era racism can be just can be excused as just passion or part of the game. That coaches and trainers think they can get away with saying racial slurs and bat it off as just part of the game. And if you can't handle it in training, getting away with that as an excuse, if you can't handle it in training, you won't cope on the terraces with the abuse that they're giving you. I'm totally with Les Ferdinand in terms of not wanting gestures, token gestures especially, and wanting action, decisive action. And as I've vlogged about taking the knee, and Les Ferdinand has been spot on in regards to that as well, what changes have been made off the back of that? It's been made part of the show. For match of the day, it's been part of the show for over a year now. But in the corridors of power in the wider world, and even just in the microcosm of society that is football, what has changed? In my view, nothing. And the European Championships and the abuse to black England players, such as a 19-year-old, Bukayo Saka, 
had to take on social media for missing a penalty in large part proves that to be true. The underrepresentation of people from black and minority ethnic backgrounds in influential positions such as board level, chairman, slash directorial roles, ironically such as Les Ferdinand, who is sadly still an exception as opposed to the norm. It still shows that barely anything has changed. And football as well as wider society needs to do better. And for me, the Cantona segment being 20 minutes long, it could easily have been an hour. Because you look at the conversation that kind of span out of that, and the wider issues regarding xenophobia relating to Cantona, racism regarding and relating to Les Ferdinand, and homophobia that Graham Lasso talked about. Those could be individual episodes of an hour long. Canton for me though, I think he was spared jail because he was a footballer and also because of the colour of his skin. In the immortal words of Paul Mooney, may he rest in peace, he had the, compl the complexion for the protection. I mean, Canton was somewhat of a media darling. And he was, to borrow a wrestling line about Jeff um, Hardy, a charismatic enigma. And those kind of mavericks get away with a lot more than the average person. So, kind of is what it is. But you know what? The last day stuff for the 94-95 season showed how Sky revolutionised football. Because of the split screen drama. What we saw in 2012 with Man City stealing the title in dramatic fashion. With Aguero! 94-95 was a precursor to that and Blackburn's feelings on that day were like Man United's in 2012 but instead of streams and streams of social media it was people glued to a radio waiting for the news it's like oh my god oh my god and when that started filtering through you hear that rising cheers it's like oh yes and then the commentators mention it and the split screen stuff I said, really showed how Sky brought up the production value in the game in this country. And they still are the standard bearers of it now by a country mile when it comes to video production. With the production resources that they invest year on year. And that helps draw more eyes to the game, to the product or the brand. More on that later. So it is one of them ones where you could see that they were a benchmark. And BBC used to copy that. Like when they did the split screen stuff on Match of the Day. So it was one of them ones where you really see how you really started to see the groundwork laid and the foundations laid in episode two. And I enjoyed it, but I really enjoyed it because of that. But like I said about episode one, it's just a shame that you knew that we knew it was only going to be four episodes. So they were kind of rushing through stuff, but more on that later. But you know what? I want to know your views. Did you enjoy Fever Pitch episode two? Could they have gone an episode each in terms of homophobia, racism, xenophobia that were mentioned as topics in the episodes? Stuff like alcoholism, cocaine addictions, and that kind of thing being fueled by players having more disposable income. Could that have been delved into a bit deeper? Stick around for episode three. There's a little more where they go into another example of it. But you know what? Comment section is below. I have been straight shooting LJ. I want to know your views. Remember, www.pitch-talk.com is the official website. Let us know your views. What did you think of episode three of 
sorry, episode two, I should say, of Fever Pitch, the rise of the Premier League. www.pitch-talk.com. You can view our videos on the on the videos page. Podcasts as well. You can listen via our website directly on there. Also, youtube.com forward slash pitch talk is where you can find our videos. Videos such as our special feature segments, pitch talk at the 2021 SAL Senior Cup Final, where myself and the G-Man were actually on the live feed of the festivities that day as well. You know what? Also, at Pitch Talk on Twitter, tweet with us, follow us, see what we are up to. Facebook.com forward slash Pitch Talk, become a fan, become a friend, become a member of the group. Join the footballing revolution we are working so hard to create. Also, also at Pitch Talk on Instagram for vlog previews, images, and much, much more. Also, also at Verb at get verbal. We are on verbal.com. We are verbal.com ambassadors. V U R B L at get verbal on Twitter. Give them a follow. Tell them we sent you as verbal ambassadors as well. You can find our podcast, as I said, on our website, on the podcast page, on verbal, Apple Podcasts, Podomatic, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, and anywhere else you pick up your podcast. Check out the Pitch Talk podcast episodes and vlogs on YouTube as well. I have been Straight Shooting LJA, and until next time, I will see you on part three of my reviews of Fever Pitch, the rise of the Premier League documentary series. See you next time on the Straight Shooting Thanks for your time. Join the Pitch Talk Revolution. Check out the official Pitch Talk website www.pitch-talk.com. 